Welcome to another episode of the Wire to Wire podcast. For this episode, I'm joined by Sebastian Shug. He's a multimedia artist and a publisher. Now, I brought him on as a guest because similar to me and Vault Media and Publications, he was involved in the publishing space. However, due to the global pandemic, it forced him to close his business. Now, he reached a low moment in his life, but eventually he regrouped and adapted. I found his story to be compelling, and I believe this conversation we had would be of great value to you guys. I hope you guys enjoy listening to this episode as much as I did putting it together. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. So Sebastian, uh, welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> uh, when you reached out to me, I had a chance to look, like to research and see what it is that you do. And I found it very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, yeah, there's, a, there, there's a lot of information online. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Over the years, it's been uh, it's been a blur. So I want to uh, take this opportunity to give you the floor and allow you to tell people what it is that you do and what kind of different stuff that you're involved in. Of course. Uh, no, thank you. I have been a, well, first of all, I should introduce myself. Hi, I'm Sebastian Shug. Uh, I was a multimedia publisher for the better half of seven years uh, at an independent publishing company that I established. And... Back then, I initially started off as an illustrator for children's books that sort of spiraled into, into a career of uh, writing, narrating, and all in all publishing various types of content. And this was uh, ebooks, physical books, and then audiobooks. As a result of that, I sort of segmented off of, off of publishing into publishing various other types of media not including books. Uh, this included YouTube videos. This included music for a very, very brief stint. And all in all, it's just been a career that I really don't know where it's where it's leading to. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's it's something that I just kind of welcome with open arms. Uh, but I will say, ever since sort of the onset of the pandemic last November, wow, I can't believe it's it's already been a year. <laughs> Uh, last November, unfortunately, due to COVID, uh, a lot of small businesses were were hit hard and couldn't essentially couldn't afford to stay open. And what I had to do was essentially close up shop. People weren't publishing books like they used to, and here I am. And and you know, for the better. Um, admittedly, it is difficult to run a business whether or not the world is in a <laughs> it's in ruin. <laughs> But it's allowed me to really sort of branch out and and find new avenues of publishing content that I wouldn't have otherwise uh, considered. So, uh, you know, honestly, you got to take it one day at a time and and see where it goes. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Everything that you just said. Um, <laughs> it was a very TLDR, but ho- hopefully, everyone got that. Especially with, you know, with the difficulties, the day, like it's already difficult as it is, like you said, running a business, Mm -hmm. but then you throw in like a a global pandemic and the economy being shut down, that makes it a whole lot harder. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, obviously no one was prepared for, but it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the support system that I've had and the aspects of business and entrepreneurship that I've learned that essentially just slingshot me into a different direction. 
you know, in an in in an, in an instance, I guess more so in a circumstance where you know other people probably wouldn't do the same. You know, I feel as though a lot of people with business, and I'm not trying to speak for any others, but it's very easy to get disheartened when businesses fail, and it's very difficult to start up again to that point. But uh, it's also one of those things where you just kind of have to take it in stride and. And, and believe that there is something else. That's a very interesting point you touched on. So I kind of have like a two-part question that I want to ask. Mm-hmm. So the first thing was, what was your, I guess, mental approach when you got to that point where you realized, okay, it's time to kind of close up shop? What was that like for okay. you? Okay. And the second part is, how did you, I guess, take the lessons from that and then use it to adapt your strategy? Admittedly, last year, uh, I was in a very dark place knowing that this business was over. Because I think when you have something like uh, like a sole proprietorship or an LLC or you know independent company, whatever you want to classify it as, it's very easy for the business to bleed over to, into your identity and have it encapsulate your entire life. So knowing that it was going to be gone, it made me believe that the last seven years worth of hard work was essentially for nothing. So there was a a fair amount, you know, a fair amount of a depressive episode in that. Uh, Of course, that was something that thankfully passed with time. But I'm sorry, the other part of your question, uh, refresh my memory, what was that again? Yeah, so I think the first part talked about the mental approach, which you touched, Mm -hmm. you adapted your strategy. So that was a matter of really dismantling everything that I had done within publishing and looking to my strengths sort of like as a, like on a one-on-one basis, like to, to give you kind of a little bit of a, of a background, publishing is essentially taking the product and putting it out there for an audience to read. Okay. Well, what goes into publishing? Well, there's the writing, there's the illustration, there's the narrating, there's the editing. There's all of these different skill sets that go into this, this one project sort of like a basket. And I thought to myself, well, these were initially skill sets that I had before I even considered publishing in the first place when I used to, you know, freelance illustrate or or freelance write, for example. And I thought to myself, well, these aren't talents that would just go away. And initially I thought, you know, seven years of hard work down the drain, like I would lose these skills, but no, I, you know, I didn't, I still have all my books. I still have what I consider to be, you know, quite a resume, I guess, you know, in terms of like published titles, even though they aren't published anymore. But in terms of adapting to to where I am now, it was a matter of let's play to one skill set as opposed to another one. Instead of publishing, let's focus on illustration. Let's focus on how we can make things more freelance. Let's think of how we can, you know, maybe acquire more of like a cash flow as opposed to percentage when I was in publishing. And through there, it really allowed me to sort of experiment what I could do creatively. And that was what was most important for me because, you know, in the beginning, this was all about, this was never about money. You know, uh, I started when I was 15 as an illustrator. And even back then, knowing that I was the only person in my high school that was doing this, uh, and that's not to brag. <laughs> that was just that was just the, the situation that was going yeah. on. Even back then, it wasn't about the money. It was about this is how do I get 
my artwork in a medium that can be shared? And how do I keep doing that? Because it's what I love to do. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. But really, adaptive-wise, it's playing to different skill sets and really sort of being okay with it not working out, knowing that I can keep continuing with it. I would say that I agree with that. Because it is a journey, right? Yeah. One reason or another, you know, a lot of us, like we start this journey. Mm-hmm. Like similar to you, like I'm also into publishing. So like I've authored some books as well. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Like when I started my journey, to be honest, it was just, I just needed something to be able to take my mind off of always being at school. Mm. If I wasn't at school, I was always working. So I just needed something to do for myself <laughs> to just keep me balanced. Yeah. I, I remember being in your exact same situation. It's very easy to let your school or work sort of be you and not having that creative outlet is it's tough but i'm glad that you found it i really am you find it and then in a way it's also kind of like when you start it you just know you're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and then it kind of just takes a life on its own but the most important thing is just to find it and to start it right and i think exactly that's the part that kind of gets missing whenever like whenever these things are being discussed that's always the part that kind of gets missing regarding starting it you said yeah i think like with just getting to anywhere in the journey mm-hmm. like we worry so much about what will happen it's just like don't think too far ahead just focus on starting first and then take things as they come day by day you you took the words right out of my mouth uh i've said this on a plethora of different other podcasts in regards to sort of the advice section, you know, what advice do you have for upcoming authors or artists and whatnot, or, or, you know, individuals who want to break their way into this business. And I always sort of have the same blunt one word approach and just start, you know, start doing what you'd like to do. And as an addendum to that, I always regard to, you know, Looking at your early work, let that be bad. Let that be something that you can improve off of. You know, uh, I am not a fan <laughs> of the work that I've made when I was 15 years old, speaking eight years later. But it's one of those things that you sort of have to look at and be like, if it wasn't for this, this wouldn't have happened today. Mm-hmm. So, you, you again, something else that you have to take in stride is is to don't let is to not let anyone else's expectations of what you perceive your project to be uh be mm-hmm. you know like if you need to be in your own space and if it works for you be in your own space yeah that's the- <laughs> we kind of we kind of piggybacked off of each other yeah exactly but it's it's really true like um everyone works differently mm-hmm. for me like especially when i want to create something new I kind of have to get into a space where I kind of isolate a little bit just so I can really focus in on what needs to get done and where right. and get clarity. Right. 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 Would you say that's a, would you say your approach is very similar when it comes to creating? I would say that it's almost exact. I think the only difference in that is that my sort of strategy back then was to, uh, I, I always called it like, faux procrastination you know by definition procrastination is putting off something yeah you know in regards to doing something else well my procrastination 
had me working on several different projects at once. So that way I wouldn't get burned out. Yeah. You know, I would be working on like short-term projects or like, uh, I guess a better example would be I'd be working on a long, uh, on a long-term project and I would get very bored of it. I'd get burnt out because I know that it's a long road. It's a long road ahead of me. And I told myself, well, I don't want to just stop working. So let's work on something else. Let's work on maybe something short-term that I can complete in say a week versus someone versus something that would take, uh, you know, about four months, four to six months. And that snowballed into, you know, my, my work ethic and how I would handle most problems, just like delegating it in terms of like isolation, that is entirely spot on. (laughs) I would not leave my house for days when I knew that I had this, this sort of idea of what to publish. Mm -hmm. And it, it helped. It really did. I probably, uh, you know, I probably stretched a couple of relationships, but uh, I, it's it's definitely a sacrifice that, you know, I can't I can't retract. So, yeah. and I mean, people that you know, not to put pressure on other people, but people who truly care and understand, they don't take it personally, or they don't. Yeah, they, they don't. Yeah, they I'm don't thankful for that. Yeah, like they don't try to guilt you. Like, hey, why are you doing this? You know, it's like they understand what you have to do and then when you catch up with them hey how was it how's that going you know and it's just as though it never happened exactly exactly like you authored some books i will say that i published more than i wrote um it was it were books that you know i either uh there's sort of like different categories so there were some books that i ended up republishing because i i considered it like lost media like hey not a lot of people have heard about this so let me let me put it in a format to be released again uh then there was published titles that you know actual authors and artists came to me for say you know i have a manuscript i have a cover can you please publish my book and i would i publish their book uh there were titles that you know i ended up writing let's see there were titles that i only ended up illustrating and there was a combination of both in total i want to say oh god (laughs) well it it was something that i kind of classify as like you know did i author them did i just publish them or you know i kind of graded on if i had like some manner of involvement with them yeah it is over 100. Okay, wow. I don't, for the life of me, know the exact number off the top of my head. I could go look back in my archives, but um, I, I will say probably for the record, till the end of time, it was over, it was over 100, and I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> That's a good enough number. Yeah. Thank you. So with all the work that you do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you manage your time? What do you do to, like, keep a balance and keep yourself organized so nowadays because i'm not you know i'm not publishing anymore i'm not publishing books uh it, it's a lot easier to, to manage my time uh, especially now because i have you know i have school i have work i have other kind of obligations to do i'm st- currently studying uh, business administration and finance so uh, that is my career path mm-hmm. But when it comes down to time management back then, I would, you know, do my work, do my schoolwork as well. 
And any kind of time that I would set aside for hobbies previously, whether that be like sports or uh, video games or whatever, or just, you know, simply drawing for the sake of drawing, because that's one of my big ones. Yeah. That would be dedicated solely to my business, to publishing. And at the time, I will admit, there was a little bit of a lack of balance because I would sometimes put this business before people. I'd put it before things that I actually needed to do. And now that I've grown up and it's sort of went away or now that it has gone away, uh, it's something that I have a lot of respect for me coming to terms with accepting that that is not how you handle things. <laughs> uh, you don't, you don't cut people out of your life for the sake of, you know, just simply having a good work ethic, even though that's important. But nowadays, now that I have, you know, I still have a considerable amount on my plate, but it's, it's less now that the business is gone. I manage my time in, in blocks of time. So, you know, 24 hours in a day, how are you going to spend those hour chunks? So whether that be going to the gym or working on schoolwork or even just something as innocuous as taking a walk, yeah. Those are things that are scheduled. Those are things that are planned. And regarding things like money as well, that is also budgeted, you know, so that I know what I'm doing, where I'm going, what I'm spending my money on. It, it, it sounds very like probably a little bit older, like too old for my age, but I was always that type of person that liked to dot his I's and cross his T's. <laughs> so... It, it was something that I personally enjoyed, like taking time out of my day to make sure things went well. And uh, it, it's, it's worked for me. You know, I, again, it doesn't work for everyone. Every, it's a very subjective topic, but uh, I guess I encourage those who need help organizing to uh, give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. For me, I call it living holistically. Like, so it's uh, managing time managing health uh focusing on like you know my business and my craft like maintaining a healthy social life yeah my, like and managing finances like all those things are very important towards i think becoming the best like the best version of yourself that you could possibly become exactly and none of those things come easy so they always require work and effort so they require work effort and uh i will say plenty of failures as well you know, yeah. it, it takes it takes getting beaten down to a certain degree to understand sort of what's important. And as much as I've kind of, well, as much as I built up my business over the last seven years, the, the fact that it was just kind of reduced to nothing, yeah. while it was sad and disheartening, it really made me appreciate what's important, who's important, and to not let those go, no matter what. Yeah, definitely. It takes, uh, sometimes you got to reach your lowest moments. Yes, to be absolutely. To, to be able to pick up the pieces and, and try to rebuild. That's, that's all we can do at the end of the day. You know, it's, it, it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help yourself being at the lowest point, thinking that you can go lower. Mm -hmm. When you're at your lowest point, the only way you can really go is up. That's true. So, at that point, it's it's do or die. Yeah. So you kind of talked about this uh, earlier in one of your answers. We kind of talked about like kind of reaching a depressive state 
after having gone through that experience. Like what were some of the strategies or things that you did to be able to, you know, kind of pick yourself back up again and, and, you know, mentally recover? Mm -hmm. You know, I will say that when people are going through dark times, there's really no telling what they'll do or how they'll handle it. In my case, I was very uh, scared. I was very paranoid because I had this belief for the past seven years that it couldn't go wrong or nothing could have ever happened to it or happened to me. And I kind of got the inclination that it wasn't all sunshine and roses, that business was very difficult, not only to start, but to manage and also to sort of gracefully walk away from. And and this whole thing, this whole thing with publishing, it was definitely not graceful by any means. I feel as though a lot of people can sort of attest to it, to have it being ripped away because of a, a global pandemic, but that is that is the cards that we're dealt with currently. But in picking myself back up, I quickly realized that the best thing that I needed, ironically, was a break from it, you know, to not be able to focus on it, to be with individuals and family members and close friends that understood my, my plight and took me out, distracted me from it, you know, understood that while it was important to me, it wasn't important for me in that moment to think about it and have myself spiral lower and lower, <clears throat> lower and lower. Mm -hmm. Day by day, it, it got easier. Uh, it's difficult to think about now because, you know, admittedly, because of how the way I acted, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I think most people would agree that I didn't want to let this go, but mm -hmm. it had to be let go. Uh, tears were shed and phone calls were made, uh, specifically to my my clients who I had serviced in publishing their books. And it was a it was a difficult couple of months after I sort of came to the realization, looked at the numbers, and told myself this isn't feasible anymore. Uh, but in adapting, I you know, I, I'll take what I said previously regarding defining my other talents and having that interest be revitalized where specifically in like illustration and narration, those two areas were where I found solace in. And I found myself, you know, loving more and more to do that. You know, I, I spent seven years in publishing, but the turnaround for me was uh, going actually into YouTube. Yeah, I began uploading on YouTube. I began understanding my audience, what they liked. It started to grow, you know, slowly but surely. And I'll say this sort of like as an end statement. It's very interesting to see how circumstances pan out because, and this isn't, again, to show off or anything, but crunching the numbers, I think I've made more revenue in the past year of uploading to YouTube than I ever had been in seven years in publishing. 
I think I've garnered more of an audience in that year span, that 11 month to, to one year span in YouTube, in narrating, in, you know, interacting with an audience than I ever had with people back then buying the books that I would produce. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, you know, it's sort of that thing where it's like, you know, fate loves irony, where <laughs> you really, you really sort of have to dig deep and understand like, hmm, well, what if a 180 does this, as opposed to just, you know, keeping on the same path and, and thinking and hoping that it'll work when in actuality, we all have to experiment, you know, every single day. So yeah, no, I, again, I hope that answers your question, but, you know, in adapting, it was, it was very much just understanding where I was and accepting where I could, could be, which thankfully is, is here today. Yeah. I'm glad you used the word uh, accepting. Um, and my most recent book was kind of like, it was a combination of like poems and journal entries mm-hmm. um, during the whole pandemic of just different thoughts that I had. But one of the things I talked about in it was acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, acceptance is such a, it's such a simple but complex thing because it almost can be interpreted as something negative, but it's really not. Acceptance is just understanding things for what they are. And it gives you actually an opportunity to move forward. Yeah. Like, so it's actually a really great Definitely. Space. It's a really great space to be in. So I'm glad they use that particular word. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I wouldn't describe it any other way to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fast forward to present day. So now uh, you currently have your YouTube channel. So what kind of yeah. what kind of content like do you uh, what kind of content do you put out on there? So on YouTube, it's uh, it's narrations. Okay. Uh, I'll take a story, I'll read it, you know, I'll add some you know ambiance, I'll edit it, and then I'll I'll publish it. And I try to do it daily, but uh, there have been times where <clears throat> where like publishing, I I always like to experiment. Um, Regarding audience interaction, I sometimes live stream as well. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think for me, that is, that is enough. You know, with, with publishing, it was sort of me always attempting to like push the envelope, you know, like what more could I do? But with YouTube, it's all kind of laid out there. And I don't know, I just, I can't thank the world enough for it. Because I, I didn't have this seven years, like in the, in the last seven years. Yeah. So, so I, I can't really explain it other than, that, than just I'm, I'm incredibly thankful. Yeah. And I'm glad that it's grown the way that it has. And your YouTube channel, is, uh, the name is a... Uh, sea bass, yeah. It, like the fish, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a childhood nickname of mine, but uh, yeah. it's stuck. I like it, man. It, like I had a chance to like check out some of your. Like, I had a chance to go on your website, check out some of the stuff that you were doing. Just so like thank you. Yeah, I myself with it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's uh, it definitely sounds like you have a lot of a lot of content to your name. Yeah, there's there's a uh, sort of a plethora of it, um, but but that's just over the years you know it just kind of builds up it's it's growing 
it's yeah. it's growing more so in the area of like youtube you know yeah you see the thing is like sometimes like whenever people ask me like suggestions or advice it's like you know just mm-hmm. use as much content as you can and don't limit yourself because people who create content you don't know what it is that you made that will get people to stick that will stick with people like it could be something that you've done years ago that someone just yeah that's more yeah no you want to get caught up on everything else you did like so Mm -hmm. it's like don't limit yourself just create as much as you can have some strategy but i find the strategy comes with time you just want to just get into the habit of creating exactly yeah it's very i see many people many individuals who would rather think to themselves that they have to hold themselves to a standard for someone's expectation. And that prohibits them from, you know, even starting, let alone thinking that it's good. And they know that it's good, you know, because people wouldn't create anything if they didn't have some sort of confidence behind it. But again, you'd be surprised at the amount of people that don't even bother starting. And I think that that's incredibly sad. And I think, because you mentioned earlier, you're discussing procrastination. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that kind of feeds into procrastination is the whole uh, aiming for perfection. Like, wait, yes, waiting for that perfect moment. But that's really just procrastination taking a back door. That procrastination. You know what? I will say, here's here's sort of my take on it. You can attempt to be as perfect as as you can be but that is very subjective because perfection is how you would define it obviously right so in doing so shoot for the moon of course or however you want to phrase it but at the end of the day there's always going to be someone better than you there's always going to be someone worse than you if you want to put it in you know comparative terms but if you wake up every morning and are better than the person than you were yesterday, that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, that, that's really, that is the only person that you should be attempting to impress. And whether or not you decide to spend the entire 24 hours working or you believe that you deserve a rest day, that's fine. You know, I, I was very much a workaholic and I thought that I had to work every day, every hour of the day. And I was burnt out a lot, you know, naturally. So it was one of those things where I think part of me giving up this business, it, it helped me more than I, than I thought it. It helped me more than I thought it would. And it didn't hurt as much as I thought it would as time went on. And allowing me to focus on things like YouTube. I mean, that's, again, that's something that I wouldn't trade for the world, you know, in both content and in audience retention. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you're going through that journey. You're going through that cycle. You had had a business. You had something that worked for you. Fortunately, there is, you know, a bump in the road. But now you recovered. You found a new approach. And now you're exploring this journey. So it's no, it sounds like you definitely uh, you definitely picked up the pieces and you're definitely heading in the right direction. I, I support it. Thank you, man. Really. And and what you're doing, please keep doing it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 
it's awesome to see another another individual, another author, publisher who is making content in this media or in this medium, I should say, um, because I feel like books or you know publications in general, like putting words on a paper and then and then putting it out there, it's it's sort of a lost art in the age of the internet. So it 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 really does bring joy to hear that someone else is doing that. Yeah, and I think this is kind of like where the innovation and creativity has to kind of like kick in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like finding new ways or finding different ways to get it in front of people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of like to think of like what I'm doing is kind of like creating an ecosystem where people can just mm, okay, like so they can kind of still get that full experience. Right, right, right. That's, that's an interesting way of putting it. I never really thought about it like that. Uh, I I think I'd probably like maybe synonymous with like a community, but I like ecosystem a lot better. I mean, yeah, because they all kind of work in tandem, right? Be exactly. Like people gravitate to what they gravitate to. But mm -hmm. ultimately, in the end, they're becoming a part of your world. Right. right. So it's like whether you read one of my books or you listen to, you know, an episode of my podcast or different episodes, I'm still kind of giving you that same experience. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's how I kind of look at it. And eventually, you know, the goal is to like branch into other things. But those are kind of like you mentioned earlier, the long term things. So. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's all long term, you know, who we want to be as an artist. It, if that's what we're trying to build, that doesn't stop tomorrow. It, it It's a lifetime. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the final question I would have for you, it's not really more of a question. It's just more of a, I call it like the open floor. Mm -hmm. So is there anything that you think that you want to communicate and put out there? for listeners or anything that you really want to get across or any message that you want to share the floor is all yours. Feels as though I kind of shared my nuggets of wisdom, yeah. but, uh, well, I, you know, quotes, because at the end of the day, again, I'm just 23. I don't know it all. I'm still learning myself as I'm sure you are as well. Yeah. But if there's one thing I guess that I want to leave audience members with is that, uh, first of all, start, like I said, because it, that is the most important thing in, in getting on the horse and getting back on the horse. But it's to, you know, be appreciative of, of, of what you can do with your talents and really go for it. There's a lot of people that I know who can't draw, for example, can't write, can't put together a simple video, you know, can't edit. And it's these things that I think we as creatives take for granted because we do it so often and, and we like doing it so much, you know, we don't care if we would ever, if we were to ever get paid for doing so. It's amazing how such a simple gesture, such, such a simple creative gesture can make someone else's day. And I think that we really do have the power in doing so in being there, you know, being that creative voice. And, and I'll, and I'll say this last night, I, I frequently live stream on my YouTube channel. It's dumb, fun, you know, like <laughs> a bunch of guests come in the chat and, you know, we have a good time. But just recently I reached a little over 3,000 subscribers, you know, not a lot in compared to some of the average YouTubers that I've seen reaching in the hundreds of millions. Yes. 
so me, it's, it's a pittance, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very, very small by comparison, but the community, it's maybe about seven to 10 people in this chat room and we're having fun playing like this, this game where like you submit your own answers and people are going off the rails and they're submitting things that aren't even safe to say on this podcast, <laughs> but it's like, it's dumb funniness and the interactivity last night was at an all-time high. And it wasn't until after I had turned off the live stream and I you know, turned off my microphone and put all my equipment away that I realized that there's a lot of people who go on these types of you know, sites, these channels that are looking for that sort of out from the world. And I'm not here to say that I'm you know, leading people to the promised land or whatever. I'd like to entertain people if you happen to find more out of that, that's awesome. But back, you know, last night I, I truly realized what I could do and what more I could do. And, you know, I, I kind of went to bed feeling a little bit emotional that night because it, it felt good knowing that what I'm doing means something to someone. And I think if, I think if a lot more artists knew that, what kind of effect that they had on people, it would be, you know, I don't know. But I think it, I think it would be for the better. Don't know how, how else to put it other than that. But yeah, yeah, I definitely think it would have a profound impact. I think. Yeah. On the world at large. Yeah, that was very well said. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, if you want to just plug your YouTube, uh, your YouTube channel. I know you have a podcast as well. If you want to communicate that stuff to the audience, let them know where they can find you. Yeah, of course. Uh, so you can find me on YouTube uh, at Seabass. That's S-E-A-B-A-S-S. You can also consequently find me on my website as well. That's Sebastian R. Shug. That's S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N, the letter R, S-C-H-U-G.com. That serves, again, more of like a launch pad for all my projects that I happen to be working on. And other than that, I deleted my social media. <laughs> yeah. uh, just sort of a way to, I guess, cleanse it, maybe take a more practical approach at what kind of content I'm producing. But if you'd like to visit my website, check out my YouTube, feel free. And that's essentially it. Sometimes less is more, you know? And I'm going to I'm gonna link all your stuff in the description of this episode as well. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, of course, man, not a problem. You're in my world now, so you know I got <laughs> <laughs> wire to wire experience. But been great having you on. Uh, great conversation. Um, Likewise, I, I had a blast. No, definitely uh, continue the great work that you're doing as well. You know, maintain the attitude that you have. I'm sure there'll be many more great things to come from you, definitely. And you as well. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to potentially even having another conversation. It was definitely a blast. I'll definitely have you back on here soon. Fantastic. <laughs> I will definitely be keeping in touch as well. No, we will. We will. Yeah, shoot me a message anytime, man. Will do. Thank you for listening to the Wire to Wire podcast. Be sure to share and subscribe. You can also check out my books, including my latest one, Quarantine Thoughts, available at all retailers. The link is in the description. Until next time.